inspection. <laughs> Lights, cam, run. <laughs> Ooh, it's a bulging twiggly. <laughs> Probably a little rusty. A little rusty trombone over here, <laughs> Tom. A little rusty trombone. We've got some uh, mood candle lighting in the uh, Millennium Noggin, which some is... Some incense, too. Which is very good. Mm. Um, haven't been mm. in the studio for a few weeks, because Rawdon's been busy on the tools with on his the tools. various athletes around yes. the country. Doing they are athletes. They are athletes. I have, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but here we are. We're in the uh, we're in the uh, Millennium Noggin. The podcast is ready to go. Mm. You know, we're not going to take ourselves it's, too seriously today. It's uh, chomping at the bit, Tom. Yeah. It's chomping at the bit. <laughs> now we do have a bit of a fresh new mm. interview today. Well, fresh meat. Shout out to a good long-term friend of the podcast, Chad Rogers, yes, for uh, helping us make a uh, connection yeah. with our guest today. And he's, uh, I think he's over in, he gets around that Chad, mm, he he's over in Th- Thailand at the moment, uh, running his business from over there. So hi, hi Chad, shout out. So we have Claudette Casey Freeman mm-hmm. on the podcast today, Rodin. She is... Well, she's a master of many trades, but she's mm. a qualified natural healthcare practitioner. Mm. So naturopath, but she's much more than that. She also lectures in health science, bachelor degrees mm. in health science. She runs a very large online community. I think she's got over 5,000 members yeah. in her community, naturopaths. I think one of her goals is to elevate the standard of naturopathy. Yes, naturopathy. <laughs> By encouraging further education, postgraduate education. She's quite deeply involved in statistics yes. and, and looking at studies, interpreting mm. data. Mm. And we'll talk to her about that. Quite a broad ranging and mm. in-depth interview on a number of topics. And I guess one of the interesting things to come out of this one, Rawdon, is as coaches that we are and a lot of our listeners are, is when to actually align yourself with you know a natural healthcare practitioner a professional to enhance results yeah i think um i think she even pointed that out she she suggested that you know nine times out of ten it's going to be setting everything up recommendations for nutrition calorie controlled yeah get them moving do all that type of stuff but uh i think you and i in in our years in the trenches have, mm. have come across i give you a handful of of stubborn well, ones. they weren't athletes those ones <laughs> they were just gen pop they didn't apply themselves with with, uh, with they didn't follow the plans but but all jokes aside yeah i think it uh and uh, it is there is a, a definite need to refer out and get a fresh pair of eyes that have a, a more profound skill set uh, that can run the various uh blood work and and and, and tests and whatnot because um yeah sometimes it's just everything 
you try everything under the you know, throw the the kitchen sink at them and they don't seem to be able to get into shape. So mm. I really do think that there is is a hundred percent a place to refer out to a, a naturopath and a, um, a healthcare practitioner and Dr. Vinesh Singh, good friend of the program. Yes. Uh, co-presenter, the Level Up uh, Continuing Education with myself and Foxy and Paul Haslam, Luke Tulloch, uh, he does a sterling job there as well. But, um, you know, I think you've referred out to him. I've certainly referred out to him over the, over the years and um, we've aligned ourselves with uh, his skill set and it definitely has had a place with a lot of uh, my clientele as well so Absolutely. Um, yeah and, 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 I, and i think it hadn't you know it uh, hadn't been a and certainly on our under the bar program hadn't we hadn't really covered the the uh, place for you know referring out to uh, uh, uh healthcare i mean we are healthcare professionals ourselves tom well, exactly. naturopaths of sorts well and, after uh, this episode we're now uh qualified naturopath yeah qualified. statisticians and yeah. Uh, naturopaths <laughs> yeah so you can go straight to us instead of dr Vinesh Singh or claudette mm. Um, but yeah, it was an interesting interview for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, she made the point there. Look, it would be great to work with more people who want to come in and just optimize their their health yes. and you know really take everything to the next level. But most of the time, she's dealing with people who have some sort of chronic health issue. Yeah. And um, following that that thread, we had a look at some different herbs and supplements and all that kind of stuff. Curcumin. It's very interesting stuff on the um, phytosome technology with yep. with uh, curcumin and supplements and where she thinks that could lead the supplement industry and the uh, enhanced bioavailability of supplements and all that kind of stuff. You know, what's the role for y- your general multivitamin? Is that mm. enough? I think from what she was alluding to, if you're looking to make substantial changes with a, a health concern actually influence blood work for the better Mm. then um, a more targeted strategic approach is required and that's where someone like Claudette and uh, do a thing yeah I know there are a few uh, Dave O'Brien down at 5EW I know he's uh, done quite a few uh, courses himself and he Mm. does uh, treat blood work and and nutraceuticals to uh, influence uh, the health I know he has a lot of success down there as well and then I uh, you know the elephant in the room Tommy I had to address it it's like well okay well why not you know uh, western medicine em- embrace uh, all the uh, the voodoo magic of, of naturopathy but um, she had a, an interesting perspective on that as well so we, yes. we did tackle that one too so the it's big good, farmer good. Yeah. big farmer yeah very good yes so uh, yeah look a really enjoyable interview and there are some options there she's got yep. some further education avenues that our listeners might want to pursue i think that's worth having a look into so claudette casey freeman enjoy the interview here on under the bar podcast all right rawdon well here we are in the studio once again and um something that we've made reference to plenty of times on this Mm. podcast is Mm. that is Mm. that as um certificate three and four qualified personal trainers we are also um nutrition clinical nutritionist uh, functional medical practitioners Practitioners, neuroscientists yes yes we've had a neuroscientist on the program so that qualifies as their biologist physiologist absolutely absolutely all of the above yeah yeah yeah. we're very very uh balls deep in academia in all seriosity though there is um, you know, personal trainers do interface with people who need those sorts of services, but yep. there is a large gap between what a personal trainer can do and what a, a qualified clinical health practitioner mm-hmm. can actually do. And our next guest will help wade through some of those things and enlighten us on a variety of other topics as well. Bridge the gap. Which yep. is exciting. So we have Claudette Casey Freeman, who's joining us on the line from uh, Gold Coast. Claudette, mm. uh, thank you very much for your time and welcome to the podcast. 
Hey, hi, how are you doing? I've got a bit of a husky voice, so. <laughs> oh, well, uh, my, uh, my, my microphone will stay uh, upright. Up to attention. The yes. mic will not, uh, <laughs> will not uh, flop down. So, Claudette, you're a natural healthcare practitioner, a mm-hmm. uh, clinical nutritionist. You also do a lot of writing, a lot of research, and you're, um, you're very deep in statistics and all that kind of stuff. So could you just get our listener up to speed as to what you actually do and where, where your passions lie within the health industry? Yeah, sure. Look, I... Um at the moment, I'm, I'm a lecturer for a bachelor degree in health science um, students, and I mostly focus on research statistics and um, understanding research as well. And I also focus on sports nutrition, um, so oh, yeah. lecturing sports nutrition, and um, the sociology of food as well. So mm. our belief systems, our social determinants in health um, and our aspects, uh, our connections with food and how we've grown up with it. So cultures and things like that as well. That's very interesting. Fascinating. Where did you go up? Um, from England. I'm in. I'm an Essex girl. Right, no right, right, right. Lovely jubbly. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely jubbly. Was that right? Was that the right part of the UK? Correct, that's yeah. the one. What Very was good. um what was your relationship with food like growing up in that culture? Um we had roast dinners. We had a lot of like um really warming stews, um like stew and dumplings and mm. roast dinners. So a lot of warm heavy but heavy meals. Um and my mum always used to cook, so because we were a quite poor family, and we had um, there was four of us, four sisters, and um, so my mum did a lot of cooking and even making our own clothes. And we oh, had wow. a lot of hand-me-downs. Mm-hmm. Um, but with growing up with food, my mum always loved how to heal things with food. So when we got cold, when we got um, anything wrong with us, she would, oh, that, you know, vitamin C is really good for that. Have some lemon and ginger. So she would Mm. be doing that without even knowing what she was, you know, understanding what she was doing. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Fascinating. I vaguely recall my mum doing stuff like that as well. My mum, yeah, yeah, she she did did a lot of that kind of stuff. What are are your thoughts on... uh, just the general, like if someone's eating a fairly well-balanced diet these days, is is, is the the nutrient density of the, the foods that we oh, eat in the modern controversial, era... Controversial, Tommy. Is that enough to get the job done from a sort of a vitamin and mineral balance perspective? Um, I believe we are all different and we all need different um, uh, or more forms of some a certain nutrient at certain levels and certain stages in our life certain levels of what we're doing, our lifestyle and um, um, our health or if we're sick or anything like that, we need extra additional nutrients in certain aspects, correct, yes. And so we don't always, uh, we're not always able to get that with um, food in those, during those stressful times or during those um, additional needs. Claudette, tell me, uh, before we move on from this topic, uh, I don't know if this is where you were going, Tommy, but just the... You know, the soil quality and, and zinc being less than back in the day and just this foods in general um, due to the environment that they're grown, is it inferior to what it once was? And, and that's uh, maybe why you're saying those things. At certain times, we just don't get enough from our foods and we need to uh, oh, emphasize 100%, things. 100%. Um, the, the, yeah, we know that uh, the earth isn't as, as great as what we, we used to. It's been heavily, heavily sprayed. 
um, and um, we're all getting becoming a sicker society. Um, mm. I, I believe, look, in, in nutrient value research-wise, though, um, it doesn't actually determine much difference, even though we don't necessarily go into phytochemicals and phytonutrients. We just, in research-wise, comparing an organic fruit to um, um, one grown uh, non-organic, there aren't much, many differences uh, in terms of minerals and vitamin status. But when we really look at um, phytonutrients and um, really go down constituent level forms of lycopene and things like that is, for instance, in tomatoes, um, we um, then realise that, yeah, there are definitely benefits in having organic. Can we just get a, uh, a bit of a definition on phytonutrients? Uh, well, um, yeah, you've got polyphenols um, are um, antioxidants and bioflavonoids are antioxidants. But phytonutrients and phytochemicals are the plant constituent forms of herbs and um, and our green foods and things like that, so fruits and vegetables. And so these are the, you know, if we're looking at uh, supplemental forms of, of this kind of stuff, it, what it's, it's extracts or synthetically made phytonutrients and put into a formula? Is that, is, is that how that works? Definitely not synthetically made. Yeah, bum, bum. Um, yeah. Rookie synthetic. error. Yeah. Rookie error, no, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, definitely we don't go synthetic. Um, but, um, yeah, depend, it, depending on what we're looking at, usually cold extract, um, of of herbs uh, cold pressed and things like that. It depends on how we um, look at a, a particular herb and whether um, how adulterated it is, whether we need to um, get it from a, a different source and um, and things like that. But uh, essentially, we would make um, tinctures from those. Yeah. Okay. Interesting, and I guess that's why um, you know when you look at. Uh Tommy, you know, I think you recall, we've had other people, uh, guests on the, the program, that, uh, you know, organic, non-organic, from a, a pure fat loss, energy balance perspective, there's no real meaningful no. influence in the short term. But Correct. but then the caveat is, well, long term, it probably pays to, to lean more towards that organic food from, uh, it sounds like from what you're describing there as well, would mm. uh, reiterate that. Yeah, absolutely. And look, we're not looking at um, cofactors um, within the body to produce certain biochemical pathways for, um, as in fruits and vegetables, because most of our cofactors are easily obtained from fruits and vegetables. And because cofactors are just nutrients and minerals, right? Uh, uh, okay. pardon, vitamins right. and minerals. Um, we're, we're looking more on a, a, um, a deeper level for mechanisms of actions. And um, so within the body, other forms of biochemical pathway functions that um, increase our level. For instance, nutrigenomic, I'm going into nutrigenomics and nutrigenetics now. Um, but we can look at really deep polyphenols and um, um, phytonutrients for those aspects, really chronic conditions. Um, we go um, for a much deeper level at those aspects. So, yeah, it, and we can change polymorphisms, obviously, as we, as we know we can change polymorphisms, whereas we can't um, genes. We can't change our genes, but we can definitely change polymorphisms. Yeah. Um, 
And inflammation is a, is a massive driver of, um, of our pro-inflammatory pathway. So we can really correct that with polyphenols and, and phytonutrients to a better level. Fascinating. So, I mean, like it's a, you know, like a, a general sweeping uh, recommendation, multivitamin, a quality multivitamin that has the polyphenols and uh, all the, the schmancy bits and pieces in it. Is that a, uh, you know, aside from uh, maybe at specific times running vitamin C a little higher, if you got a, some sort of uh, cold or, or something like that, do you, is that a good recommendation based on what we've discussed thus far? Um, I probably really wouldn't recommend um, multivitamins with them. You can't get enough within a tablet, um, and the therapeutic levels are, are just not there. Um, research has you know, demonstrated high, very high therapeutic levels can only change biochemical pathway functions. So it's a lot. It, it doesn't work on a uh, such a minimal amount such as uh, um, a multivitamin. Multivitamin is meant for a daily um, recommendation and it works on the RDA. Okay. So if we want the supposed benefit of a multivitamin, would we need a, a much greater quantity or, or a or is it the specific, maybe those those specific things that we need, just higher doses of those? Uh, yeah. Correct. Yeah. You, uh, Rawdon said it right. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. So the yeah, so, yeah. No, synthetic versions, of course. Oh, no, no. I'm just joking. Oh. <laughs> and we have had, um, I think it was uh, Dr. Vinesh Singh on here yep. who said, you know, you can um, you can take the, the antioxidants out of the blueberry and have a ton of those, but there's something yeah. about having the whole blueberry that there's yeah, this, yeah. This, this, synergy. this quantum synergy that lies within right. the actual fruit. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it certainly is. And um, even though sometimes we can't eat, you know, 12 pounds of blueberries to get that therapeutic level, and that's what we're t discussing. Um, so we're not really discussing the benefit of blueberries in an everyday fashion. We're talking about changing biochemical pathways and changing, interacting and changing moving bloods and things like that. And we can't move bloods and change biochemical pathways in a very short amount of time with just small amounts of blueberries and things like that. Obviously, that that, that is a longer process and it takes time. But with our people that we treat, chronic conditions, um, we need to change those in a lot faster time. So we really need to do a lot higher therapeutic levels. This yeah. is absolutely fascinating. So for a, a, again, before we move forward onto some different topics, like, I mean, there's an air of despair that you're putting out there that we should uh, pretty much all uh, go see a naturopath or some sort of nu uh, clinical nutritionist to work out what we're missing. Or are you talking about uh, referring more to when there, there are chronic illnesses and, and, and there are sort of uh, profound underlying issues, that's where... Uh, what we're referring to here really comes into its own or, or is there a, uh, in general just for general health it pays to be uh, well versed on, on, on what we're talking about now yeah I agree um, look we would definitely like to see a lot more um, people that are wanting to just maintain health uh, that unfortunately that's not um, not really the case for us. We usually see those with really bad chronic conditions. Um, the doctors haven't worked, uh, the drugs aren't working, and they're becoming either dependent or they're be it's becoming a polypharmacy for them. Mm. And um, the side effects are, you know, increasing on each polypharmacy. So uh, we tend to find those who really have um, 
at the end of their Teva with the, the doctor route and they want some, a change and they know that something's not quite right in their body and, and they've got to look at something different. And in that, uh, Claudette, in that situation is the type of um, scenario where the sooner you, you, you seek uh, assistance from someone like yourself, the better, or like the sooner you get these uh, scenarios and, and they don't, uh, their health doesn't diminish to a point where they, they, you know, despair and they have to find a someone like yourself, uh, a practitioner to help uh, in their situation. Like, is it, uh, is it good to get, get your hands on these uh, individuals sooner rather than later? I think you alluded to that. Yeah, like, it, it definitely is. And we can see, the, you know, the longer progression. For instance, um, when we look at um, women, women and female hormones, for instance, um, when they're young, they get their acne and then they go to the doctor and the doctor puts them straight on to, um, and they get, you know, the, the heavy periods and stuff. And the doctor puts them straight on the pill. Mm. Um, and obviously that masks, it doesn't actually um, produce ovulation then. Um, it actually stops ovulation and it creates this major issue on a long-term basis on the pill. Um, uh, whereby, uh, yes, they, it abstains from their uh, acne, but um, for long periods of time, they become less and less, um, more and more issues with, uh, with their periods, less and less uh, ovulation. Um, and then when they want to, to, to stop to have a baby, the, the infertility issues, really heavy bleeding. So we first, we first start out with fibroids or nothing, amenorrhea. Um, and um, in order for that to function, it can progress. If they, again, leave it and still leave it um, or pro to progress onwards, it, that can turn into an endometriosis. Yep. And then we're looking at from progression from there, if they don't resolve, um, we're looking at breast cancer and some forms of cancer from that. Wow. Um, and then from that, if they don't resolve that, the such high estrogenic levels can cause... Um, osteoporosis and um, the bone density uh, breakdown so um, that progression if we don't get that early enough that progression sometimes when it's gone so far into a state of um, you know unresolvability we you know we've got a, a much harder job for us to pull back with everything when they're at those crucial stages of, of really late stage that's very interesting. I mean, you, you rattled off a couple of, um, you know, the endometriosis and the osteoporosis and the development of these things, which are um, very common oh, yeah. terms that are, are bandied about. And you, you wonder how much the um, the introduction of the contraceptive pill over time is, has yes. uh, led to the prevalence of these sorts of things. Yes, unfortunately. And as well as what Rodham was saying, not going to correct it in the beginning, mm. in the early stages. Recognize your body. Recognize it always yells when something's wrong. It always calls out to you. Listen to your own body and what it's saying. When you know there's something, you know, tweaking, needs tweaking going on, go and get it checked out. Don't, you know, leave it and hide mm. and think, you know, it's, it'll all recorrect itself because really you need that advice to move forward it's a tricky one tommy and uh, claudette because you know we're so 
I mean, there's such a, a sense of urgency with life and, and just being busy and yep. getting everything done. And we've got a little niggle, but we'll just put it one side. Yeah, mm. give me the pill. Got it. Yeah. Give me the yeah. pill. Like, I'll sort it out later, sort it out later. And then, obviously, later, then you, you describe all the things that can manifest. So, mm. do you find, uh, Claudette, that these days uh, it seems like there are, but maybe you'll know, like, are there, because Tommy mentioned, uh, uh, you know, a big fan of the program and we're a fan of him, Dr. Vinesh Singh. So, he's a, a functional practitioner. So, he's sort of a, a GP but has the best of both worlds type thing. Yeah. Are they, integrative. Are they, yeah, yes. integrative practitioner. Yes. We love yeah. integrative. <laughs> yes. Are there more, like, is there a trend to go that way now or is there still a bit of a, a divide between naturopaths and, um, you know, traditional Western medicine? Oh, no, it's it's absolutely amazing for integrative medicine and integrative doctors. Um, we welcome them massively. Um, we're actually becoming as a naturopathic society uh, within, because I run 5,000 naturopaths and, and their students from all over the world in a group. We actually are all progressing into that stage. We None of us have, have, have just resolved into a bachelor degree in health science. We've all got postgraduate, and, and we're tr slowly trying to lift our profession into that academia as well. You know, one bachelor degree, fine, great, you know, but sometimes it's really good to get that postgraduate education, particularly in research, um, which is what I um, teach. Um, it's really good to re remain as well. And when, when you do postgraduate research and inform what I did uh, with University of Tasmania, um, we did medicines management. So we looked at the pharmacokinetics and pharmacodynamics of drugs, nutrients and herbs. And I believe it's really important to integrate all of them because they each have their contraindications, their um, interactions within the body. Um, so it's really important that doctors should know about that too. And integrate with us. Interesting, mm. interesting. I had a um, Tommy find this interesting. I had a and you'd remember a uh, thyroid surgeon back in the day when uh, Mark Verznick. If you're listening, hi, how are you? He's over in uh, I think he's Canadian. US. No, US. US. I think he's like near. Orlando maybe around there somewhere. But anyway, we had a conversation. I think I was trying to, you know, 20 grams of fish oil like we did back in the day, Tommy, mm -hmm. and all this sort of stuff. And and his point was, obviously, from the medical world, it was, well, if naturopathy and, and you know, nutraceuticals uh, are effective, then do studies, prove the research, show that it works, and then Western medicine will embrace it and, and uh, use it and integrate it into what they're doing. You mentioned research a few times, like why... Why isn't that happening? Why aren't there big sort of groups like a, whenever a pharmaceutical is released onto the market? You know, uh, not that I'm an expert in any way, but I gather it sort of it has to go through quite a, f a lengthy process of, of however many people to sort of get it okayed and, and uh, mass produced and then a, a product that can be prescribed, a pharmaceutical. Like, what do you think? Is, why is that sort of, is that a legitimate sort of uh, response from, from the thyroid surgeon saying, well, Prove it. Show us the numbers. Show us the numbers, and we'll use it. Like, why is there a bit of a gap there, and and why isn't the research being done uh, to yeah. actually show these uh, nutraceuticals are effective and alternative treatments? Many, many different reasons. Many, many. I've got them all rolling in my head. Okay, hmm. so um, the first huge biggest reason is um, funding. We um, yeah. we get probably two percent of what pharmaceutical um, drug companies get for funding for research. Yep. Um, 
so that's that's the biggest cause. I'm not even going to go into to, to that part. So rand, becoming and producing randomised controlled trials are very rare and hard for natural medicine because they are so very expensive. Mm, um, yeah. Our randomised controlled trials are a lot smaller sample sizes, so we're going to get you know that difficulty in in the confidence interval range. We're talking statistics um, to to try and get that external validity. Um, but look. I think there are many, many other aspects really more important than just funding, all right? And, you know, obviously we've got this friends of science medicine attacking against natural medicine. We already are aware of that. Most of us are aware of that. Mm. So we do have that as well. And they are built into that society, uh, into um, the medicine um, route as well. But um, even even though they are such a small minority, they're not, they're very loud. Mm. So um, they get to reach out there to, to, to an impact a lot of the people. So, um, and but we know a lot of many, many, many more doctors and integrative medicine who really adore it and do use it and are um, and are aware of it and do understand how to interpret research. Mm-hmm. So, so look, here's the difficulty with when we treat with herbs and nutrients, well, um, herb tinctures and things, we don't just treat with one constituent form of herb. Mm-hmm. We do amalgamation. It's the synergistic form of herbs that treats. How can you research that? How can you do a randomized control trial on amalgamation of, of different herbs? Mm-hmm. Research does not want to do that. Research wants to take one constituent form. It wants to find the one constituent form that does that mechanism of action, okay? Okay. And that's not how, how our bodies act, and that's not how our bodies are. You just mentioned earlier about eating a whole blueberry, okay? How can we, we can't test a whole blueberry. We know the polyphenols in it and the antioxidants in it are really great, right? Mm. But that's extracting the form is what Dr. Singh was saying, extracting the form because that's all that research wants to know, which form mm. or which constituent form, because that's all the drug company want to know, is so that they can take that constituent form, repatent it, and then sell. Sell it, yeah, yeah. And it's what, just what they did with the CBD. Yeah, and it's just the um, the point that we've got to in society is that well, the research says and the study says, and that's mm. the grand arbiter of. Of what yep. is of the final say in any argument is mm. well, show me the numbers. If I said to you, blueberries were amazing, right? Eat blueberries, and you lived on blueberries. Do you think that that would, be, even though they are amazing, they're the most amazing polyphenol, yeah? And you were to eat just blueberries for the rest of your life, would that be good? No, that wouldn't work. <laughs> I'm not doing that, Claudette. You're crazy. <laughs> Crazy, crazy right? clinical You're nutritionist. Crazy. We need a synergy of. of <laughs> so it's the sag bag on me again. We need, we need that synergy, synergy of foods. We need yeah. that amalgamation. That's why we have a blend of foods and and such an array of variety. We don't just eat the same foods just because they're good. Mm. Yes. Well, I guess the uh, I guess what needs to happen is you uh, you keep doing what you're doing and you. You expose more and more people to the concepts. You get more and more results across broader ranges of demographics, and, and and you know, yep. step by step, you just uh, take over the world. You take over the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One blue. No, no, you, you know that this is uh, there's so many more within research as well 
that I had explained, like, the, you know, with monotherapies and we, they're not interested in uh, in, in um, the way we treat. We treat lots and lots of different therapies. We, a combination therapy. And we don't just treat with monotherapy or, or one constituent form of that mm. um, ingredient. And... Um, Tell me, Claudette, with the herb tinctures and stuff that you're referring to, are these things that as a, uh, a naturopath you concoct yourself or you have practitioner-only labels or, or, yeah. or, um, or suppliers? And, and how different are the quality of those products than things that we might buy off the shelf down at the Mr. Vitamins? Um, good point. Well, I'm not um, a naturopath in that way. I'm um, an academia in... Um, so I've got postgraduate in um, academics, so more um, nutrition and natural medicine. Mm -hmm. But look, naturopaths themselves um, and, and, and also nutritionists and natural therapists, we do use practitioner only. Um, and that's because uh, mostly because of the constituent form, which we've gone on, which I've mentioned before. For instance, magnesium, there's about 20 different forms of magnesium. Um, and each one um, has a different set to it to where it gets biodegraded within the body. Mm. Um, and so we, we need the, the better bioavailability form that we can get um, also the therapeutic range and the level, the level of the therapeutic range, which we don't see on the shelf and we're not even allowed to see on the shelf because, um, of treating conditions on the shelf. They're not treating conditions. They are recommending health. So they're just, right. uh, for daily health, we treat conditions and we treat therapeutic ranges and we're qualified to treat with therapeutic range. Mm. Whereas outside are not qualified to treat therapeutic range and you're not entitled like able to purchase that from an over-the-counter yeah fair enough we're quite well versed on that as well because we uh, we know all about those magnesiums and we always recommend the magnesium oxide it's particularly well available <laughs> yeah. the bioavailability is very good and yeah, uh, so that's what we recommend yeah. as, as nutritionists and, uh, great for the digestive system mm -hmm. uh, yeah yeah, yes. yeah. One of the sayings that we we sort of have on the podcast when we because we have people on guests on here that talk about all all sorts of different uh, you <laughs> know, you pharmacological here? approaches to, uh -huh. to sports performance and all that kind of stuff. And one of the the things we have with pharmaceuticals is the there's no free ride. Mm. So they're great at doing the thing that they do, but there's uh -huh. always the price to pay. The price to pay when you're yeah. using these therapeutic standard uh, herbal tinctures and whatever else. Does the no free ride policy apply there or are they just yeah, all, and, all good and and do you have uh, they considerations that a naturopath would have and hence go see a naturopath don't just mm. uh, self-prescribe yes you're talking about the dangers of of herbs correct yeah look ha, it's a red that's a really controversial question for naturopaths and natural medicine practitioners we have a um, at the moment we have a very divided um profession within that and um it's really difficult for me to uh go one side and i see both points and i see both sides so look yes it does have the potential um to cause particularly if we're looking at um pathway function on the cyp450 um oh. of the liver enzymes um 
if we're looking at um, deep changes of that, then we could be cross-referring many, many drug medications, particularly things like St. John's wort, um, as most of us know about that research. But work, if, if, if um, any herbs are working on the CYP450 enzymes that a drug would um, cross with, then we need to be careful with interactions. So how do we know that that, that client that's just purchased from the, the shop on that therapeutic level, that it's not going to um, increase the half-life of their drug that they're taking their, their prescription? So it's really important that it's, quite, it's um, professionally um, prescribed by a um, qualified naturopath or natural, natural medicine practitioner. Um, on, that, on the other side of that, herbs are probably one of the most, uh, we, uh, you know, CAM, as we know, complementary medicine, is one of the most safest uh, medicine in, 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 the, in the world. And um, we very rarely get any side effects. I mean, obviously, there are a few. We get that liver aspect or we get those diarrhea or, or tummy upsets. But really, um, there really is. It's, it's considered a safe um, uh, nutrient to take. But, again, we're dealing with those therapeutic levels. So we don't know um, the biochemical pathways of each person. Everybody is different. Mm. So there is a potential, yes. Mm. Okay. Interesting, Tom. Good to know. Good, Good question. Yeah. Curly question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just Asking the hard-hitting question. The will be, oh, we wanted this side, we wanted this side. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> mm. All right. Should we, Rawdon, is it time yeah. to sort of have a look at the statistical? I, I think we're going to go into the statistics. We mentioned research and whatnot. Let's, um, before we go there, paint a little bit of a picture. Obviously, we've sort of laid the foundation of where PTs and coaches may actually need uh, correspondence yeah. with some sort of uh, uh, practitioner. Mm. Do you want to just sort of um, how everyday PTs and coaches might consider being involved with an naturopath and, and, and the benefits of aligning themselves with some sort of uh, practitioner in a general sense outside of yes yeah, so uh, okay, like, not, not the research part yet not yet yes. we'll go there but just yeah. the, in general what what, what could be yeah. some of the benefits and reasons that you might want to use a, um, a practitioner such as yourself all right so the integration part I think um, that look when we're dealing with particularly the bodybuilding industry um, I've been um, you know writing from ultra fit um, Oxygen magazine, yep. clean eating, uh, muscle mag. Um, so I've, I've, I've been writing for a lot of magazines over the years, and I've been um, also technical advisor for Oxygen magazine, um, Lindy Olson. Mm -hmm. um, and the integration, I feel, is really important because PT, we have PTs out there that are, um, you know, helping people to get fit and to get to their top levels. And But many, some people can't quite get there and it may well be it doesn't matter what they eat or they're or a very little eating usually hmm. um, um you know we we usually find that oh it's calories in calories out not for some not for some girls unfortunately they hardly eat anything and that's their issue hmm. so um and I think it's really important that and it doesn't matter how much you train them they're not going to get that change or that form 
Uh, nothing's going to change once they hit that plateau level. Mm. Um, so therefore, we need to start looking at the reasons why. And that's why we're here, not for PTs. PTs aren't able to see if there's under any underlying conditions, discuss with them about their periods, their ovulation, discuss with them about any aspects of insulin resistance or things like mm. that. So we've got really, really important leptin resistance and things like that. So yes, it's really important to be able to use a natural medicine practitioner um, so that you can, you've got the best quality for your client. And that's what's most important. You don't want to lose face in saying, well, this client's not budging and it doesn't matter how much I'm training them and it doesn't matter how many uh, low calories or um, you know higher calories, higher protein, whatever ketosis diet you want to put them on. It's not working. Um, you know, it's really important to get to that underlying condition and then that's where we can have a look at their bloods, we can do their testings, we can look at their whole holistic picture from their background um, and then start to look into biochemical pathway function to see what's malfunctioning within them and get them back up to speed. Mm, that's awesome. That's awesome. I think I'm, I'm pretty sure all of us, uh, uh, myself and Tommy included, have had uh, clients and athletes we've coached. Uh, yeah, I can yep. think of a handful that uh, nothing seemed to be working and clearly I should have, uh, yeah. yeah, instead of sacking them and said they weren't following the plan, maybe I should have got a, a naturopath <laughs> involved. You know? And look, sometimes it might be psychological and that's where we're here as well. It's not, yeah. we don't just do, um, you know, have this. It's not a drug mentality. We don't just do this to fix that it's it's a holistic thing so we're looking at um the mental aspect as well it's really important to get yeah. that mindset yeah no 100 the mind uh, where the mind goes the body will follow absolutely yeah, yeah. absolutely very cool and so where with an understanding of that where does your current um investigation into research and statistics how, how does that sit in the mix and what's the benefit for uh, people in the fitness industry there. Look, I, I, I've been lecturing research and statistics now for um, just over a year, and um, I've seen the gap. Um, and I've seen also um, students that are going into their master's or any postgraduate education. And I've also watched PTs struggle with um, produce, trying to produce research on, on, on what they're trying to prove or say. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, this, this unable, being unable to understand and interpret statistics um, is a really important factor and we need to bridge that gap. Um, students as well as lecturers and, and practitioners, even though after they've done their statistics within their degree, forget so it's all out the window and then they they've no idea again so it's i'm here to to um bridge that gap help pts help um those who are going into um higher education uh, particularly if it is in research to um be able to give that them that step up and that confidence in producing a paper and knowing exactly what the statistics mean, knowing whether they're producing mean averages or whether they're producing the relative measures, um, uh, such as odds ratios and risk ratios, absolute ratios. So, and being able to interpret them. And whereas I'm going to do it in a really fun way. So you're only only get actually going to get the humour um, when you understand the statistic. 
but um, you need to understand the statistic to get the humor. But it, once you get, grasp that, I wanted to do it in a really fun way rather than this means this and boring, boring. <laughs> so I kind of wanted to get some fun in it, some laughter in it, and some um, uh, confidence for people to be able to produce a paper and say, well, look, it's not all about just a p-value just because we know of the p-value. It's, it's being able to understand confidence intervals, forest plots and things like that. So, yeah, really good fun, juicy stuff. That's a big call, making statistics fun there, Claudio. Yeah. Now, if I sign, if I sign up for this bloody thing and I don't enjoy it, uh, yeah, well, yeah, I agree, Tom. Like, yeah, we got one on this side as well. But I'll uh, that's down, throw my handbag with the white stilettos. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, so now you're good. talking. Now you're talking. Um, but, the, but that, uh, yeah, lovely, jubbly. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, you know, Tommy sort of uh, alluded to the show us the show us the research, show us the studies, you know, and and that is often a common cry for yeah for clientele and 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 when we are sort of uh, recommending various things uh, nutritionally because we are nutritionists, of course, to, <laughs> but when we do recommend things because they are just air quote recommendations, it's nice mm. to be able to throw a paper or two, even if it's just in an email, to sort of reiterate the. You know, because it's one thing to say, you know, like I just do the well. It's a study showed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah this 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 yeah. works. You know, yeah. have a look at the conclusion. But yeah. um, but to able to actually interpret it, I think that I think you might be onto something there. And uh, I, I certainly think that the industry as a whole yeah. seems to be moving a little bit more into the the how and the why and um. Uh, yep. You know, and and it's common to to uh, evidence based research. Like it's a, it's a common phrase now. Yes. Um, yep. So yeah, I, I, I'm quite excited. I don't know if I'm uh, you know whether I have fun doing it, but <laughs> it, it sounds very exciting. You will, you will, you'll have <laughs> great fun. Honestly, it's like, uh, and and I do I do it fun as well. So my students love it. They laugh at me. I end up like cracking. Oh, it's good. It's really good fun. Well, Chad and, Rogers speaks very highly of you, so uh, he's uh, he came highly recommended. So I'm sure it will be very enjoyable. And what is the the format? Is, is this like a uh, a module or a course that you that you teach as part of postgraduate degree? Um, so look, I'm I'm offering a range. There's a range of um, options that people can have. Like for instance, um, tomorrow I've got a, just a mentoring session because they are already in their honours research degree and they're wanting to understand specifics. Mm -hmm. They're wanting to understand competence intervals and forest plots and things like that. So um, those are specifics, and I just get paid to to do that. Whereas I'm running uh, two different workshops. One is quite intense, one day workshop, a full day workshop, and um, another one will be um, two just two hours for four times a week. I beg your pardon, two hours for um, four uh, times in a month. So that's a uh, big pardon, yeah, two hours, four times, and that will be over a month. Right. You get that one. <laughs> so two hours a week, maybe. I got that in the end. And that's um, like a, a course that you're running. Yes. That anyone could just enroll in and, and yes. yeah. Beautiful. Delivered online? Or, or delivered online, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking at if I can get those uh, groups together because it's just going off the scale. Mm. Um, um, if I can get groups together, I'm happy to go to um, the cities. 
and see them because I'd rather be I re- I would really rather be there I'm a, a very interactive person I'm very loud and passionate and mm. and I get right stuck in so mm. I I'd yeah. rather people see me see me go yeah <laughs> yeah we can vouch for that I mean Tommy and I just normally don't have the uh, the camera set up but she said look I've got to see you two boys yeah. I heard you're pretty uh, <laughs> you know you're pretty uh, good looking chaps good looking roosters so you uh, <laughs> insisted that we said that pretty <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty uh, far from it. What, um, because Rawdon does, I mean, he he has had a heavy focus on Mm. hypertrophy and and, and what actually happens Mm. within a a muscle and Mm. how it builds these last couple of years. And he's he's consulted with people about studies and and researchers. And and, Mm -hmm. and one of the challenges in that particular domain and and what seems to be the case across the fitness industry is it's hard to, great to be able to interpret the data, but it's hard to actually uh, run. Uh, studies that are really reflective of what the training population, what the hard training population relevant, yeah. that are relevant with the sorts of papers that you're analysing, Claudette, are the, the studies themselves robust, do you, do you find? Oh, look. <laughs> Double-blinded. We know that's important. That's a good one. Look, us researchers and statistics, we can rip it apart until there's nothing there in mm. it, pretty much any paper. Um, so, because <laughs> yeah. um, it always it always comes back to well, it's uh, it may not be the best study, but that's all we've got. That's the yeah. best. That's the yeah, best look, we've got. We've got so many uh, so many aspects in them. It depends, obviously, what paper we're looking at, the quality of them, the type of the paper that we're looking at whether we're looking at, and it really depends on what question we're asking, remember, because we can only ask a certain type of question for a randomized control trial. Um, And there's only so many controlling variables and confounding factors that we can control, right? Mm, Yeah. And with the incidents, uh, I find a lot with sports, nutrition, research in general, very small sample sizes. And, you know, we can't get, get, get the people, obviously. Um, but it does have a really good impact um, for sports nutrition, it, whereas, unfortunately, small sample sizes doesn't for nat- for, for herbs and natural medicine. Mm. Don't know why, but anyway. Mm. But, look, I, I think that when we're looking at papers, yeah, you can just rip it apart. Like, I, could, I can just rip a, pi- a, a paper apart, start critiquing it, and you, you'd never come up with uh, an opinion in, in the way that, oh, science is solved, in that mm. matter. Yes, yes. It's always evolving, always changing. How can we do it better? How can we do it different? What other question can we ask? So um, it, resol- it never is never resolved. So, mm. um, and um, what was the other question? The other question was more, um, do I find uh, the robustness? The robustness. Yes. Look, and, and again, robustness, I'm doing all different types of papers, different quality, different types I don't just we don't just do randomized control trials. We do all levels within the hierarchical triangle, um, and again, that quality aspect, the qualitative aspect, is really only important depending on the question that you're wanting answered. Yeah. Mm. Do, do, do you understand what I mean? Yeah. Um, because if we're only looking at an intervention working on a control, um, then we're looking at a randomized control trial in its highest quality. But we really can't ask question, uh, uh, questions about that within that, such as um, we can't measure we can't th- measure things like T's, we can't measure things like yoga in a randomized control trial. I mean, uh, hey, you're doing a downward dog there. Oh, I didn't know. 
Um, you know, yeah. like we can't so, do things like answer yeah. different specific questions with it. So we there are different. That's why there are different types of papers to answer those different types of questions. Um, and the robustness of of research is forever evolving. And we I can rip even the best quality type of paper apart. Well, I guess the point that you alluded to there, which is the key, is that is that these things lead to, will hopefully lead questions. to better questions. Yeah, that's what Broad says. Exactly mm. right. Yeah, we've got more gaps. And the other thing is, is um, the richness of it. So it's not just one paper within that. We need to look at the richness of the research around it. So that means... Um, how many other papers have we got? What types of quality papers and questions are we answering within the research for this uh, aspect? Mm. Um, so it's the richness of data more than the one paper. Yeah. What does the rest yeah. of the data say? Yeah. Does it uh, correlate? And tell me, Correct. like in, in this uh, two hours you know, a week or whatever it is, four times over the month yep. and, and these various <laughs> uh, the various options you have to, uh, in a very fun way, of course, educate about yep. statistics mm -hmm. and um, research papers, is yep. part of that also uh, one of the things, like I mentor with a, uh, a guy called Menno Henselmans. He's been on the program quite a few times and as does Chad's a big fan. And Tommy, spoke Tom, about him before. Yeah. Yep. And he's from a statistics. Uh, he's come from that and he's, and he's one of his strengths is being able to do what you're saying and pull apart yep. studies and, and conclude whether it's actually good. And and yep. uh, if a new one has come out during the week, I mentor with him weekly, I'll say, oh, the study's come out and he will just sort of think laterally and, and provide yeah and provide all the reasons why it's yep. good or why it's not good. Is that something and, – and, and it's almost sort of stepping outside of the study and saying, well, you know, the individuals, they didn't track uh, actual nutrition intake, so it's hard to tell what everyone was eating. That could have influenced muscle protein synthesis and – like yep. it needn't be actually noted as something they tracked in the study, but with yes. what you're teaching, do you sort of think laterally and, and, and really sort of the context of the study and, and that's part of whether you deem it a, a good study or not? Yeah, look, we um, it, critical thinking um, yeah. is a major aspect to writing research and, and, and critiquing research and understanding it and interpreting it as well. Um, so critical thinking is is definitely very important. Look, there are tools. Uh, none of us come into this just automatically asking these questions. Yeah. We need to understand the tools in order to break that paper down. And we've got we use the CASP tools, we use the cohort tools, the the consort tools, the Prisma, lots and lot risk of bias tools. So there are lots and lots of different tools to be able to break that paper down in helping you create those questions to ask. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Tommy and I and once use we those un, once tools. all of us understand tools, we're like, we, you know, we all know how to, we, we all get into it, don't we? Mm. Tools, yeah, the new Tool album is fantastic. <laughs> it's a slow, it's a slow burn. Slow the burn. first track was a slow burn, yeah. but we got there. Yeah. yeah, very good, very good. Um, your tool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tommy, oh, I want tool. the stilettos back. Um, yeah. What uh, we mentioned, Chad Rogers uh, there, Rawdon. Give him a shout out, mate. He listens, he's a big fan of the program. Shout out to Chad. Yeah. Hey, Chad. Shout out to Chad. And he's been quite open about um, his uh, prostate cancer. And he had consulted with you. And uh, off the back of that, he utilized some CBD oil and had some really good results with uh, reducing the, the, the symptoms associated with his cancer. 
Yep. Is there anything um, or do you have any sort of predictions or, or sort of inside knowledge on where any any exciting new treatments or, mm. or, or the future of... Or a six, tree, a, a bark of a tree or, a, or maybe a, a, a new blueberries coming yeah, out. Yeah, like a, a forefront of amazing... Or uh, is there anything that's exciting you personally that's that's um, you can see having a role in the future in some area of this? Um, yeah. Oh, well... Uh, um, Look, at the moment, um, I'm interested in the role of nutrigenomics and nutrigenetics, um, particularly the polymorphism aspect, which I mentioned earlier, um, polymorphisms that we can change, whereas genetics, you know, genes that we can't change. But um, my most greatest find that I um, did a lecture on um, just a few months ago was really about phytozymes. Um, we were struggling, or well, research was struggling, with um, nutrients such as turmeric, or curcumin, and um, resveratrol, mm-hmm. particularly whether um, it was the free availability of the, the, the resveratrol. And um, the, within the body, so <clears throat> in vitro, in vivo research, so murines and in, 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 the, in the labs, Sorry, I'm losing my voice. Um, Research had really great data on the mechanisms of actions and the changes and everything else on um, inflammation. And but resveratrol and, um, for instance, curcumin actually wasn't doing great with human studies. And I found. They, well, they found a research uh, once they uh, introduced the phytosome, which is a, a, like a phospholipid layer capsule. Um, but the phytosome has created um, much better results with resveratrol in, in, create, in, in a, being able to absorb its more free form of resveratrol and to therefore utilize it within the body. And so it breaks down a little bit lower stage. So I'm, in, I'm interested in that part of it and the phytosomas um, could quite possibly create a pathway for many other nutrients that we haven't bridged that gap from in vitro vivo research. That's very interesting. So the, for instance, one that might come to mind for the listener and Rawdon, we've spoken about it on the program before, but the, um, I think the Bioceuticals Mareva curcumin, curcumin yeah. phytosome. So is that actually so that you have your, your orange curcumin powder and is the actual yep. powder itself put in some sort of capsule? Is it the the powder that's entrapped in this lipid layer, or the capsule itself on the outside has got the 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 lipid or the, the phospholipid around it? Like well, that's a, that's I'm not I I don't do um, pharmaceutical compounding, so right. I wouldn't know that question. Sorry, um, I don't know how or what the research base is on that, um, and how they actually come up with came up with it. Um, I don't do compounding. I have right. done a little bit of compounding, but I'm really not in that area, to be honest. But. Sure. But it's changing what the the rate of uh, yeah. delivery or, or, or release Correct. of the actual active ingredient. Correct. So mm. that it breaks down at the right spots and then gets into the body. Yeah. Yes. Fascinating. And so you think that using the, that sort of technology with other... Um, Maybe you can, some CoQ10, Tommy. Yes. Yeah, Chuck some, a bit of CoQ10 and a mm-hmm. phospholipid and throw that down <laughs> yeah. and see what happens. 
but that that could in, in, increase the the bioavailability yes. of lots of different things. I feel that um, all this uh, the uh, the liposomes and the and the phytosomes, um, these coming out, this new this new uh, way of doing it coming out is going to create more research and bridge that gap that or jump that gap from um, creating it in in vitro vivo research into humans. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe a couple of watch that gap. Yeah, maybe a couple of uh, phytosome D bowls. <laughs> a couple of those knocked up. See if we can uh, get a bit more life out of those bad boys. Breakfast My of championship. Is the poke bowl. <laughs> oh yes. Have you guys, yeah. have you guys had the po- had the poke bowl? Like a poke, the the uh, raw fish and various bits and pieces. Yeah, it's like oh, it's amazing. Yes. No, no, Very I, nice. I don't do seafood. Yeah. No seafood. Um. <laughs> All right. Well, look, that's been a fascinating chat, Claudette. How, if people are interested in the uh, the courses that you run um, or they want to get in contact with you for consulting or yeah. whatever, how, what's the best method of reaching out to you? Um, so I am um, I can be contacted on uh, email address, Claudette, Casey Freeman at gmail.com. I'm also Claudette Casey Freeman under Facebook. Mm-hmm. And um, I run... Um, ask a natural healthcare practitioner page um, yep. where we have clients asking questions to about 30 naturopaths on, on a call center. Well, okay. And so that's, that's just for any, like a yeah. member of the public can get on there and ask a yeah. question. Yeah. We offer free advice. We got 30 naturopath, uh, uh, practitioners um, at one point in time. So all the time. And, um, they can ask questions or um, get free advice from us. Yeah. And what's that page called? Ask a natural healthcare practitioner. Very good. That's cool. What's up uh, for the rest of the day for you up in the, the sunny Gold Coast while we sit down I've here in the rain? I've actually got an appointment uh, for a student at the, the um, university that uh, needs some little bit of help with her research uh, assignment. Awesome. Oh, well, that's good. Excellent. Very good. Sounds like a nice day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, you keep those uh, those uh, white slaters on. What about you guys? What are you doing? Well, look, oh, we'll... look uh, very busy down here. Well, we're very clinical <laughs> practitioners ourselves, so there's all sort of consults. Yeah. Um, i got a sushi roll I have to eat. Yeah. Yeah, lots, lots on the uh, on the cards. On the go, the teriyaki beef, I think it yeah. was. Uh, wasn't it's it a, phos- yeah. a phospholipid uh, sushi roll. It's going to be absorbed. Phospholipid layer, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You betcha. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much for your time, Claudette. It was an absolute pleasure and um, some very interesting so stuff. So good to meet you guys, finally. Yeah, I'm Great. sure we'll talk again in the future. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Claudette. Well, I wonder, Rorden, if I ate a bucket of blueberries, whether that would influence my blood work. Well, certainly a punnet won't do it, Tom. Won't do the trick. No. no, very interesting stuff there. Look, that was a great interview there with Claudette. And what a lovely, um, what a lovely personality. Well. Speaks well. Yes. Yeah, great. I, mean, be... I think she was flirting with us there a bit, Tom. <laughs> there was. She was flirting was with little, us a little, little bit. A little touch of that. You know, I think there was. Yeah. It was um, nice to have a female in the... Uh, vicariously in the Millennium Noggin. Yeah. We teleported her up temporarily. She's we out again. We, we hit the flush button and we're back down to earth. <laughs> so we're back in orbit now. <laughs> Very good. It was, uh, yeah. it was good. Very good. It uh, wouldn't be a, an Under the Bar podcast episode mm. without a little bit of innuendo from, <laughs> yes. from yourself, Rawdon. Mm. Um, but look, this the world of, of statistics and research and I think 
been armed with uh, the skill set to rip apart a paper, mm. as she said. I mean, wouldn't that be good for your, your yeah. social media content, yes. just to be able to get online and yeah. tear apart studies yeah. in a public forum? And, and, and you're you squinting know. when you say that with your teeth. Just yeah. get them with the teeth and tear them off. Tear them apart. This yeah, is tear why this study is no good. No good. Look but, you know, we normally just look at studies and just, just skim, discussion, conclusion. Abstract. And just rattle off the, the conclusion. Yeah. Usually, I mean, look, my approach to studies most of the time is to pick them up secondhand from someone yeah. who knows a little bit well, more than I do, and then I'll just blurt it out. Well, there's nothing new for us, Tom. Remember back in the day, we <laughs> those early episodes, we used to, uh, you know, have a, a print one out, and oh, we would yeah. sort of, you know, we've, we're, this is something we've been doing for years, st- statistics and, uh, you know, crunching the numbers with a study. For well, a good laugh, you should go back to those early episodes so and have a listen. <laughs> the latest studies that came out. We've been blindfolding people yeah. with studies for yes. quite some time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've told my, my clients many stories about studies. Oh, yeah, they did a study where they blah, 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 and such yes. and such, and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And, and that's when, why they, you should listen to me. If they prompt a question, oh, you can look PubMed. Look yeah. it up. Just, just search <laughs> in PubMed. But, uh, um, I think that learning environment that she's talking about like if you wanted to be a part of that and mm. and if you had inclinations to expand your scope of practice mm. and look more into the world of naturopathy mm. getting in contact with claudette would be a very good way to go about it yeah and like uh we alluded to at the start there there's something that chad's been doing for quite some time and he's, yes. he's had a lot of uh, success with a lot of his uh, clientele too so yes and with himself personally yes yeah on, on a personal level so it's uh, stood the test of time highly recommended yeah there we go. Well, I think it's pretty much time for us to uh, fire up the Quigleys and uh, blast this uh, out of here. <laughs> and uh, for Tom, people that are interested in uh, finding more about uh, yourself, they can go to tomhewitt.com.au. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to update that pretty soon. You will. I'm on it. And I uh, just Instagram and uh, facing for myself, Tom. Good on your order. Lovely to have you in the studio, Cam. Thanks for listening. Have a lovely day. Take your shoes, lift off.